Hey, Beauty Boss friend, April Meese here. If you are burnt out from hustling nonstop on social media to get more clients, then I wanna give you a completely different option. It's a strategy that doesn't require ads, it doesn't require a large following, or dancing, pointing, or lip syncing. It's a marketing strategy all about value, connection, and relationships. And I'm revealing all of it, the entire process, in my free three-day bootcamp for beauty business professionals called Scale with Premium Clients. It's the simple steps to getting high-paying, consistent clients for less stress. So if you're ready to ditch the discount price shoppers and start attracting clients that will pay you premium for your skills and really value your services, then you'll want to attend because I'm taking you behind the scenes and sharing what took me years to figure out. I'm revealing the secrets for how I went from clientless to waitlist with a multi six-figure beauty business while only working three days a week. And my clients are proof that these strategies can skyrocket your business and also change your life personally. So I'm doing all of this in the three-day beauty business bootcamp for free. And again, it's called Scale with Premium Clients. It's happening online February 28th through March the 2nd. Just go to aprilmeese.com forward slash scale to get your seat. And you can register also with the link in the show notes. I can't wait to see you then. Okay, guys, welcome back. We're here for another great interview with another amazing beauty boss, Jody Stosky. And we are so excited to hear about all of her wisdom, how she's reached this level of success. I'm going to read a little bit about her and her bio. She is the founder and CEO of Cinnamon Girl Clinic. And she has a really profound story in 2013 of being diagnosed with thyroid cancer and then wanting to cover her own scar that was across her neck from the surgery and how that really led to more of kind of niching down and getting into the whole paramedical tattoo world. So she was already doing, you know, permanent makeup, pretty successful with that, but then really focusing on that. And here is what's amazing. I mean, there's lots of things that are amazing, but she has treated over 10,000 paramedical and cosmetic patients through her Cinnamon Girl Clinic tattoo business. She's the CEO of that. Um, She also is a creator and educator. She has a paramedical tattoo academy, which we'll ask her more about. She's an artist, a mom, a wife, a survivor, and a boss babe supporter. I love that all. And we can dive into more of that. But welcome, Jody. Thank you. Thank you, April, for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. Yeah, me too. I'm so excited to have you. So let me ask you first, because this is really just a side note, just curiosity. Why Cinnamon Girl? Where did that name come from? Oh, God, I get asked this all the time. So <laughs> I was a makeup artist to start with. And I actually like I started when I was in high school. And I did that for 18 years. And I, I was always entrepreneurial. I came from a family of entrepreneurs. And I knew that that would probably be something that was in my cards. And as I started makeup artistry business, I was freelancing, I was doing weddings, I needed to name this business. And I just knew that I didn't want to call it my name because I wanted to eventually have a team. And if it was named Jody Stosky, then everyone would always be like, well, I want Jody Stosky. Like, I don't want, you know, Tracy showing up doing my makeup. I want Jody. So 
I decided to name it something that was not related to me. I wanted something catchy. We were on holidays and my husband and I were just walking along the beach and we were trying to come up with a name and we arrived on Cinnamon Girl just by like shooting names around and we landed on it. We both liked it. It's easy to remember. So I think like knowing someone's name, being like, I want to go to Jody Stosky, you know, tattoo, whatever, cosmetics or, you know, paramedical, it, it's hard to remember. And it's also hard to talk about because it's just, it's not memorable, but cinnamon girl people always remember it. They might be like, it's a spice. She's a cinnamon bun. Like, I don't care, but they always find me. And so you're a spice girl. I'm a spice girl. So (laughs) that was the reason why that name was got started. And then when I switched over to PMU, I had a good reputation in the city. I knew a lot of people. I didn't want to really lose that recognition that I had with Cinnamon Girl. So I, and nothing else seemed right. Like I was like, what, well, what else could I call this business? And I just decided to add clinic to the end of it because I knew right from the get-go that I was going to be doing paramedical and cosmetic. So I liked the sense and the feeling of someone coming to an establishment that wasn't anything but like really medical, like it just gave them the vibe of what they were going to come into before they came into it. Yeah. What I love about what you said there and some of the things that I pulled out is one, at the start, you had a bigger vision, which is so amazing, right? Because I always tell my students, like, not only is vision so important to you and, and knowing like what you want to create in the world, right? So many, you know, beauty professionals don't have a vision and then they also cannot voice their value. And those are the, the things that they need to work on. But not only did you have a vision, but you really niched down to that paramedical and you knew clinic and you knew, you know what I mean? Like you mm-hmm. really, because sometimes we have a vision, but we don't know exactly where it's going to go for us. And so I love, and I always tell people, you know, beauty professionals, if you can niche down, you know, the riches are in the niches, that type of thing. When you can do that, you're going to really speak to the audience that needs to find you. And I know so many people see it as limiting their services rather than being focused. You know, so many people, when I tell them, look, if you can really get focused and if you can niche down, right, if people can see you for just one thing versus having, let's just say, and I know a lot of people that do this, they have facials and then they have permanent makeup and then they have waxing and lash tinting and teeth gems and whitening. And it's like, and by the way, they're the solo entrepreneur, right? Let's not, it's not like they have this team, right? They're starting out with all of that, going to class after class after class. And I say like, just sell that one. If you can't sell that main service, having more services doesn't solve your marketing problem. And I think to add to that too, it's like, as a consumer, and I was getting a cosmetic tattoo, I want to go to someone who like they live and breathe. That's all they do. I don't want them to do nails when they're done with me. I don't want to give someone I don't want them giving me a massage or doing my accounting. Like, I think when you're in it, and you want to be successful, you have to give your undivided attention to that and be very laser focused. And even if that, like I was saying before, you might not know super specifically, but I think it's a really good idea to start writing goals around that, to start figuring out how you are going to figure that out. Because I think when you, you just muddy the waters, you dilute everything, you dilute your expertise when you've got 
a million things to offer. People are overwhelmed. They don't know what to see you for. They don't think like, you know, well, Jody's not the specialist in this because she's got all these other services. I may want to just go to see so-and-so for these PMU services because that's all they do. That's who I would be attracted to. Yes. I'm going to, we're going to quote you on that. You dilute your expertise. That and like to mix in a little uh, Spice Girls in there, like, tell me what you want, what you really, really want, but we'll do that later. Please do. That sounds amazing. We will remix that. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So when looking at your business, it was just you starting out, right? You didn't have the team that you have now. No, no, no. Right. And you're in Canada. Yes. Alberta? Calgary, Alberta. You got it. All right. Was there a lot of competition in your area or take us back to when you were starting? How did you start getting the word out? Oh my gosh. Well, if there is a word that I could put around that whole scenario, it would be intimidating. I was, (laughs) I want to say I was the only person in Calgary that I knew of for a long time that did this. So in a way that's like everybody's business dream, Mm. but also, you know, kind of leaving a really lucrative makeup artistry business where, you know, I was working in television, everything was like there, I was guaranteed a paycheck, I was guaranteed work every, every week, and just, you know, swooping over to, you know, renting a space being responsible for expenses that you just hope you had business to generate that and pay for those things. But it was scary, it was intimidating, but exciting. I think I'm because I'm just of that entrepreneurial mindset that I, I thrive on that. I think even though it's stressful, that's kind of when I shine is when I'm under pressure. And it's like, okay, we're down to the wire here, you need to make this work. So I just started networking like crazy. I reached out to every single person I knew, like, can I tattoo you? Can you come in? And I charged them like I it wasn't just like, I already knew like I had to put some value on my service. Like, and don't get me wrong. I think a good way to learn it's, you know, having models and you, you do them for free. I was doing it not for a ton of money. Like it covered my services and it paid a little bit of my rent that I was paying, but I, I never work in a location that didn't seem professional to people. They were always like calling, they would get a receptionist on the other line who would book them. They would come and see me. Like it was just, I wanted it to be legit right from the start. So I think I did just jump in with two feet and do that. And I think that is the way you commit. You know, I think if you've got the like, I'll dip one toe in here kind of mentality, you never, you always have an excuse to either not be successful or to walk away from it and be like, you know, oh, it didn't work out or, you know, well, I didn't really give it my all. I think, you know, being committed is, you know, one of the biggest reasons, you know, people have success. Yeah. And I totally see that in you. I see one that, you are an action taker, right? Like you are, like you said, you're committed. And I see so many people like what I'm taking away from that is, you know, who you are, you knew that you were going to thrive under pressure, you know, that you're going to take the action. And I always say to my students, like, what do you need to do this week? What do you need to even do this weekend? Like what action steps, like what can you do to get into action? Because so many people are like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, just get moving. Like, even Mm -hmm. if it's, you know, like just get in momentum, right? Just yeah. get going on some things. And so I love that also, you were hustling. I, well, I know. And I like being a hustler too. And I don't think a being a hustler is for everybody. I think a lot of girls or guys or humans want the, this lifestyle of being an entrepreneur and that's fine. But it's also like saying like, I want to be an athlete. Like some people just are not made to be those people. And that's okay too. I think some people, 
need the stability of a job and a paycheck. And others are maybe more minded like you and I that you're like, I'm going to get up and I don't need anybody to stick a, you know, a firecracker in the morning. I do that for myself and get going. And I think a lot of people, this is what I see. I see a lot of people just trying to, you know, put themselves in that corner. And I think if they're struggling, like it might not be for them and that's okay too. But it's also like knowing what you're good at. And if it is just not fitting for you and not jiving, there might be a part of that industry that still really works for you, but maybe it's not running your own business. Yeah, so true. Right. Maybe you can still do this passion. Maybe it's just working for somebody else, right? So maybe you're still doing the services. It's just, you're not taking the grand responsibility of it. So, and and we need that. We need workers. We need, we need leaders and followers. We need everyone, right? Yeah. And a lot of times too, I think once you then it's like getting your head around what you like to do, getting your head around what you're good at. And then you may then find out that you do want to run a business, but it's in something different or there's another spot for you somewhere else, but you can't find those things if you're just all over the map. Yeah. So true. And so what are your main platforms? It looks like it's Instagram, but how do you get the word out now? What are, what are your main ways of acquiring clients? Now you're really more known, but even still, like we're always still, you know, growing omnipresence and brand awareness. What do you do now? Oh, well, first off, thank you for saying that. It's like, that's encouraging. It's still a grind for me. I'm not going to lie. We work very hard on social media to start with. It was Facebook. And I will tell you a story. When I first got started, Facebook was just kind of in its infancy. So like hashtag I'm old, but I immediately got like 20,000 followers on Facebook because it was, nobody was doing this. Like it was crazy what had happened, it would be like, you know, something like blowing up and going viral now, but, you know, on Instagram or TikTok or whatever, it was just incredible. I would run ads, people would just come in by the droves. It was like nothing you had ever seen before. Of course, that scenario does not exist anymore. I was late to the game on Instagram, because I just was resistant (laughs) to another social media platform. Like this was my mindset back in the day. And then I had to, you know, eat a piece of humble pie. And know that too bad, Jody, if you want, you know, to be a part of the game, you have to play social media. And then so I begrudgingly got on Instagram, like, way too late, but it's okay. Now, you know, eventually you start to make some headway with that. And then recently just got on TikTok, also, like, grumbling to do it, but it is important. And those are my platforms. I've recently started taking more advantage of my email list and working off a platform there to my existing clients with like newsletters and things like that. So that's a new one for us. Yeah. So what I love hearing about that is like, again, like the humble pie, because we all eat it, right? Mm -hmm. We live in a world of duality. Like, you know, there's no hot without cold. There's no north without south, right? There's going to be wins and failures, right? If if you're feeling like you're in a failure, just know that your win is around the corner and you won't appreciate the win unless you've had, you know, the failure. And the longer you're in business, I know I've had some like dark night of the soul type of like ugly cry, snot bubble, like the whole thing, you know, (laughs) moments of like, well, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Like, and so talk us through like a time where, you know, maybe you were really challenged, maybe you felt like giving up, you know, any like, you know, any big challenge that you kind of overcome or wake up call that you had in your business? 
I think one of the ones that's probably caused me a little bit of PTSD is dealing with trolls on social media, negative comments, feedback from clients. That's always hard to get thicker skin for. And I'm much better at it now. Not that it doesn't affect me. It does. But I would just be like gutted if somebody said something negative about me or my business. So, you know, everybody is going to have to go through that every business owner, every, you know, entrepreneur, but that's probably the one that I find the most difficult. A lot of stuff I just view as more learning experiences. So I think a lot of times, like if I've gotten shut down or something didn't work, it doesn't affect me to say like, Oh my God, I'm quitting. I'm done with this whole thing. I don't really get that way, but I get that way when I feel like emotionally hurt or targeted because like, it's just business. I can really separate that well, but when it gets personal for me, that's when I struggle and just overwhelmed with being busy. Like I just had some cool stuff happen in the Academy recently, and it's caused a lot of like stir and it's excitement, but it's a lot. And I just, just that sense of overwhelm. Like you sometimes it's just like, Oh my God, like what am I doing? And then other days, like it's what makes me totally thrive. So it's black and white when it comes to like, there's the good, there's the bad. And everybody just has those days where I think it's just, it's a little too much. But even if you had a regular job, I think you get like that life's just like that. Right. Well, and I think, you know, when you're putting yourself out there more, when you are, you, you know, you were one of the pioneers going out in your area and there weren't any, you know, other permanent makeup businesses when you're showing up, you know, and you have a larger audience, the minute you're going out, there are going to be more arrows in your back. Have you ever heard the story about the monk and the arrow getting shot by the arrow? And he says to the other monks, you know, if you got shot by an arrow, would that be bad? And they're like, oh yes, that would be bad. And he said, if you got shot by two arrows, would that be, would that be worse? And they're like, oh, that would be way worse. Yes, that would be worse. And he says, well, the first arrow is life. It's outside circumstances. It's the pandemic. It's somebody saying a nasty comment. It's your, you know, spouse cheating. It's whatever it is, right? It's like mm -hmm. things you can't control. They're out of your control. But the second arrow is the meaning you attach to it. Yeah. The second arrow is the arrow you put to yourself. And we yeah. all do it. Like we all have arrows of comparison or arrows of like worthiness or like, I know I'm very sensitive. When I read bad comments, I'm like, those people don't even know me. And I get all upset about it, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> you know totally. I mean? And so, yeah, it's like that, that arrow is like what how you let it affect you, right? That second yeah. arrow is like, it, and also like, do you carry it like for weeks and months and keep, yeah. you know, grumbling over it and like just adding more insult to the injury, right? Yeah. I think but we all do it. So that's, oh, it's, that's where like therapy and self-help books really come in handy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also just like, cause you never get past it. You're just reminded of it. Like, oh, yeah. right. You know, hashtag human. You know, I have emotions. I feel too. I believe, you know, and then you're like, okay, yep. this is still something like this is what I have to work through. Like this is new level, new devil. Like these are all the things oh, that God, we're yeah. still working from, right? 100%. Yeah. What was your big like lesson learned or takeaway from that? From just like getting thicker skin basically yes. for that? Well, it's just that essentially. It's yeah. getting thicker skin and just realizing a lot of times the people who are directing negativity at you are 
they're just in such a bad place themselves yeah. that that's why they do those types of things. And honestly, the one of the things that I think is super helpful is I don't read a lot of comments anymore. I'm fortunate now to have people help me with my social media and I really don't need to go down that rabbit hole like I used to. And I know not everybody has that as an option, but <laughs> I was listening to a podcast with um, Joe Rogan the other day and they were talking about this exactly like trolls and you know how awful people are. And he said, he's like, don't read the comments. You never read the comments. And I've gotten so much better at that. Like I, I just had someone complaining about something and, you know, I have other people that deal with it now and I want to be in the loop and deliver like the best customer service and all that. But I just don't need to get involved in like that emotional drama part of it. And yeah, and that's just so much better for me. So I think if you don't have that as an option, you know, you need to really work on what your strategy is when something like that happens, because you just don't want to be that person walking around holding on to, you know, someone saying something nasty about you. It's just not, it's just not healthy. Yeah. And it's so true. Like as you keep going in business, you do learn to develop that thicker skin and kind of cut out the noise. I know growing up in Texas, like I would take it all in. And one of the best things was moving to New York City because I got toughened up real quick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, you know, I need to like, it's survival mode. And so I think yeah. that also happens like the longer you're in business, you just um, kind of do cut out that noise and so forth. So- 100%. Let's move into the present. What is your focus now? I know it's the academy. What is that your like most profitable and popular area of the business now? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, it's probably a bit of a 50-50. So running two businesses, my like Cinnamon Girl now has 12 or 13 people. And then the academy is myself. I have a marketing team. And then my husband recently joined to help with both businesses, which has been incredible. And I mean, like incredibly good, not incredibly bad. <laughs> and so to break it down, I mean, an online business is very different than a brick and mortar business. So it's also like, it's scalable, right? Like I have 14 people at Cinnamon Girl, and then the online academy gets out worldwide. So honestly, it's a really good 50-50 balance right now, which is pretty cool. I want both of them to grow and thrive. And yeah, I, I think, you know, for how we've been, the Academy is like two years old now. Yeah, it's going really well. And people really, I, myself included, underestimate the difference between a brick and mortar and an online business. Like it really is so, so different. A lot of business principles apply, obviously. You have to know your market. You have to know your customer, what they want and things like that. Like there's some similar marketing principles, but I feel like the business models are very, very different, you know, pros and cons. And so like you can't always, what worked with one doesn't always transfer to the other. That was my lesson learned with, you know, doing that. Have you found that true as well? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, for example, like the communication style, like I'm face to face with everybody when I'm at Cinnamon Girl, when I'm online, I'm online, I'm training through a platform that people see a recorded version of me. A lot of my communication is done through social media, DMs. I really try and stay personal with my students, although it's getting more challenging as the academy grows. Even like little details, like I like to voice my students a lot so that a, they can hear my voice. I can hear them. 
It's probably as good as I can get for, you know, face to face with that. But, you know, the underlying principles, people want to be respected. They want to know you care, that you're sincere and I'm there for the right reasons. I want to educate them and, you know, give them as much of my knowledge as I can. So, you know, whether it's I'm trying to do the best tattoo I can versus give them the best version of myself educating, I think those are just synonymous across the board. Yeah. And and I think also when you're looking, they're both services, right? Like education is a service. And then obviously the beauty service itself, you know, that doing the permanent makeup and so forth. But one is obviously having the service is a lot more tangible than the education. Yeah, it's just totally different. And then, you know, when you're looking at how you've grown, is there a piece of advice that you would give your younger self or maybe even the beauty professional that might be, you know, stuck in the dark valley in the struggle? Like what, what's something that you wish you would have known back then? What I would say to my younger self is, which I also say to myself today is don't be so hard on yourself. That is, I still work on that. I am so hard on myself. It is like one of my biggest faults. And it's a hard thing to rewire yourself on. It's just it comes from being a perfectionist. And it's also what makes me good at what I do. But Mm -hmm. it is also what is major handicapped as far as, you know, I think being a 100% happy person or as close to that as you can get when it comes to, you know, if you're a new PMU, and you just feel like you're riding the struggle bus. I think my best advice is to commit to something 100%. I think goal setting is so important. And don't try and be the jack of all trades. I think some people do think that that is a great thing. I just think for this industry, you need to be laser focused and go for your dreams, go for your goals, set high, you know, dreams for yourself. And yeah, just go for it. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, managing our expectations is always, you know, challenging when you do set big goals, right? Like, you know, when you do when you are an achiever, like, you can get hard on yourself, right? You know, they've, they've even done studies of Olympians. And I thought this was really interesting that the silver medalists were the most miserable because so the gold obviously won. So they're happiest, right? Yeah. The bronze is thinking, oh, just a few points. I could have been not even on this platform. Yeah. Right. I could have not even made it. I made it by this, you know, skin of just a few seconds is what it usually comes down to. Right. And the silver is thinking I missed gold by just a few seconds. They're not thinking like, woohoo, I'm above bronze. They, like in, in the studies, it shows because their expectations were for gold, they're actually yeah. deeply saddened and sometimes even depressed after yeah. winning a silver medal. And it's yeah. all about like our expectations and our interpretations. So it can be hard when you're, you know, making these big goals and then maybe not, you know, falling a little bit short. And so you yeah. have to kind of it's that balance of like setting a high goal, but also, you know, checking your expectations and, and yeah. Not, yeah. So I guess my other piece of advice is don't be so hard on yourself either, which I also need to take that advice, like I said. So yeah, really good. Yeah. So what are you excited about? What's upcoming for your business now? Well, we are really pumped on the academy and continuing to educate people about how to heal you know, their clients with tattoos. And I think that's really where my passion lies. 
And yeah, I'm just, I'm committed to that. I love being at Cinnamon Girl. I'm only there two and a half days a week now. And then I'm able to commit my time to other parts of the paramedical end of things. And yeah, I just, I absolutely love that. I just want to continue doing that. I love helping people just, yeah, that's definitely my passion. So just continuing to work on that. Yay. And how can the audience connect with you? So they can find me on Instagram at, at Jody Stosky. And if you'd like to see me at cinnamon girl, it's at cinnamon girl clinic. And yeah, that'll link you up to, if you're interested in taking courses for paramedical that will get you there. Um, and then if you're in my area and you wanted to get any type of cosmetic or paramedical tattooing, cinnamon girl is where you will find me. Yes, absolutely. And so my favorite question to ask at the end is, well, first of all, I want to thank you for being here as always, and just being an open book. You know, I think we always need to share the good, the bad, the ugly, and it's important for us to be vulnerable, you know, and kind of open like this so that others can see it's not always perfect roses like Instagram or, you know, what we see on the socials, on the grams, what we see in these places, but you know, that there are going to be hard times. And so thank you so much for sharing open and honestly with us. But my last question for you is what sparks the joy for you in your life? I am just a diehard artist. So I think whenever creativity and like artistry meet for me, that just is my jam when it comes to like more of a like work life type thing. And I just I love being with friends. I love being with family. I really try and keep a decent balance of both of them. But yeah, when it comes to, you know, like, I guess, right off the top of my head, sparking joy is always just like, artist meets creative. And yeah, that's where my brain goes. Well, I love hearing more about your success. I know my audience is definitely going to follow you if they're not following you already. And as I said before, thank you, Jody, so much for being here. And guys, make sure you follow her. We're going to have some quotes. If you want to screenshot it and share it to your stories on Instagram, tag us, and we will both reshare it. So thanks, everyone. Bye, Jody. Bye, April. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Beauty Marketing Simplified Podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would love to hear from you. Make sure you subscribe, download, and also leave us a review. Let us know any topics that you would like to hear about. And also, definitely refer it to a friend. Thank you again for joining us. I'm signing off. This is April with Grit and Grace, Hugs and High Fives. See you next week. Oh,